This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com slash ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com slash ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal, but I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. Hey, and welcome to the iFanboy.com Pick of the Week podcast. At iFanboy.com, we like comics. We read comics. And every week we pick one comic and we write about it. Um, and then we talk about it on this here podcast. Uh, my name is Ron, and I'm here with Connor. Hello. 
And unfortunately, Josh, uh, who is normally with us, could not be with us this week. So me and Connor are going to try to make it our make it on our own. We're in trouble. I know we are. We're doomed. There will be no humor whatsoever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so Connor had the pick of the week this week. So Connor, what did you pick? Uh, well, my pick of the week this week was Ultimate X Men number sixty six, but. I want to back it up for a second because uh, right. beep, beep, yeah, beep. back it up. Last week you you had the pick of the week and it was a really really slow week. For you. Yes. Uh, yeah. This week I only had four comic books to choose from. Wow. And I spent ten dollars and forty nine cents. Well, even though it's sad because there's not a lot of comic books, doesn't that feel great? It, it feels pretty good, but at the same time, yeah. it's, there's a lot of pressure put on those four comic books, especially when it's your week to do the pick. Yeah. You're just like, oh, one of these better be good, or I'm in big trouble. Because there's, there's nothing harder than writing a pick of the week for a book that's just not that good. Right. Um, but Ultimate X-Men was pretty good. It wasn't great, but it was pretty good. Uh, Robert, It was the best of the lot? Yeah, the best of the lot. The other ones were not that good. Captain Captain Adam and Green Arrow and Justice League. I think I got Captain Arrow, Adam as well, and not to quick, you know, go away from your pick, but I, I, it's not as fantastic as the first issue, but I think it's building. I think no, it's, it's, it's still... It's, the quality is consistent. Yeah, it's solid. I think... That, yeah. You could have a pick on your hands the next couple of issues. Yeah, like when it starts getting, you know, crescendo. It's a nine-issue yeah. miniseries. I didn't even which realize odd, that. Which is odd, which is an odd number. That's kind of random. So, anyway, um, anyway, Robert Kirkman, who who we love to death on the website and on the podcast, he's the new... He's the, he's the new Bendis. He is the new Bendis, and he's the new writer on Ultimate X-Men, taking over for Brian Vaughn, who we also love. So that's like a, that's a really strong one-two punch. Sort of burying the memory of Mark Millar, who's... Really fallen from everyone's graces, I think. I think yeah. I find the book. I know you don't you don't like it as much because you're you're more of a traditionalist X Men. Well, no, I, I've I've it's grown on me the past forty issues or so. Right, but I, I I feel like now since the last two writers have been on, it's a it's a much more fun book than it was previously. Yeah, and I really I'm really enjoying reading it. Um, and Kirkman, I think did a really good job. He he did what was traditionally known as the uh, the date issue. I think. Ron knows what I'm talking about. We always talk about how much we used to really like the one-shot issues in between the major storylines where everybody would get to decompress and have a little bit of a social life, go out on dates, and the X-Men would play baseball, which Ron's like... Yeah, I, lo- I love the baseball issues, the classic Claremont baseball issue. Right, so this is, this is in that vein where after all the trials and tribulations the X-Men have gone through in this issue, everybody sort of heads out for the town, goes on dates, uh, just does... Just, goes to dinner, does normal social things outside the costume, and it was just fun to go along with everybody's uh, everybody's social life, especially in the ultimate universe. We haven't really seen much of that, right? It kind of it kind of it kind of adds more a more personal dimension to and the character. And that's always that was always the great thing about about the the old issues that were like that was it, it, just, it added a depth to the characters that wasn't there before. Although, well, yeah, I mean, I mean that that's that's I mean I think that's and it's it's a that's a staple of the both the X Men books as being kind of like a family book and just the Marvel books in general being a bit more personal. Yeah, well, I mean DC approach. books did it too more, not as much as Marvel books. Certainly, I'm not going to claim they did, but right, but they, they DC does it in costume. Mm, not really. Well, yeah, the Titans they sit around their costumes and they're real people, but there's the, they you know like it's I don't know. You probably know better than I do. That's the impression I get. Well, yeah, no, yeah. Marvel definitely did it more often, and they. Yeah. It was definitely more of a Marvel thing. But this is different in that it's not a standalone issue. It's actually a story arc. Yeah. So now the question is, where is, this, where is it going to go? Right. Which, you know, it could go in a bad way. It could go in a good way. <laughs> um, but I, I had a lot of fun, and it was just it was a nice, it was a nice read. And I, my question yeah. for you is, is this the first time we've seen Ultimate Sabretooth? 
I want to say yes, but I could be wrong. I don't know Ultimate Continuity as well as I know X Men Continuity. <laughs> only been I mean, I know it. Issues. Well, the problem is, the problem is in sixty six issues they have they thrown, have basically thrown yeah. up a lot of characters, and between between you know Magneto's Brotherhood and you know and and all the various you know Weapon X and all, all the you know kind of stuff like that, he very well could have been in an issue, and I just don't. Remember. I think that's one of, one of um, the biggest problems with the Ultimate Universe, which I like, is that they just throw so much at you. You yeah. really don't have time to get to know anybody because there's always moving on to the next. Oh, now there's Ultimate Gambit, and you're just like, oh, slow down. I just, I just, I just quickly looked, and I th- he has been introduced oh, he has? before. Yeah, because I just I just saw a forum post and somebody said the return of Ultimate Saber Oh, Okay, well, so and that was that was a month ago. So, um, yeah, so he he was so he was probably around early in the issue and early in the issues and stuff like that. So, so this this all, but although it is it is interesting though because he did die in that uh, him and Wolverine fought and Wolverine took took care of him. Um, and he was in fact he was de- decapitated, which is kind of an interesting question because hey, but you know, look if you look closely on. At Sabretooth, he's got a really nasty-looking scar on his neck. Well, there you go. But it's funny because if you remember back in the... He does have a nasty-looking scar on his neck. Um, if you remember back to when the Ultimate line kind of launched and they lauded their whole, you know, you know, no resurrections. When people die, they die. Oh, they did say that? Yeah, they did. So. Well, I guess the one... The yeah, I guess... I mean, exception it, of the rule would be the, the mutants that can heal themselves. Right. Well, the thing is, I mean, somebody who is, who is as great as Sabretooth... You know, a, a great you know foil for Wolverine. You can't just you know k- kill him in his first. We're not you know. counting the Sabretooth from the films, are we? No, we can't. Oh, no. It's just embarrassing. <laughs> but um, that yet another reason why th- that's that's the thing about the films. I know a couple of weeks ago, if you go to ifanboy.com and check out um, some of the articles, we were talking about the X Men movies and was the casting that's been going on for it. And there are little things in the movies that don't jive with the comics, such as Sabretooth being a mute. Well, because they cast the wrestler, and yeah, know. that was a bad move. Yeah, so I mean, th- those are the little things that kind of grate at me as a, um, as a, as an X Men fan. So, and they also, so this 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 book is setting stuff up, obviously, because Charles Xavier is having a dinner date with uh, the sh- woman from the Shar, which I which I'm very surprised. I, I didn't expect that at all. So that's that's. Coming up, obviously, somehow. I thought that was, I thought that I thought that's a really cool how they introduced her is really kind of a cool approach. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's there, there are definitely some innovations that the Ultimate Universe has come, come yeah. up with. Yeah. Well, because I mean, for those who don't read the X Men books, uh, Leandra, Lilandra, whatever her name is, I, I can never pronounce these names. <laughs> L- they all sound right in your head. Yeah, she's the leader of the Shiar of the Shiar, who is a in the normal Marvel universe is an alien race out in space. Um, but in ultimate in this issue, they introduce her, and she's the leader of a religious organization on Earth. And so, she, you know, so now it's kind of like, are they going to keep her as a human, or do we know that she's an alien because we read the X Men books? And so, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with that. And I have to say that I'm really happy that they have kept up the Spider Man Kitty Pride relationship, which I was convinced, and even mentioned it in the pick of the week that they weren't that it was going to be a one time deal, and they've yeah, actually kept that. it going. And both the Ultimate Spider-Man, Ultimate X-Men books, and I really, I'm really enjoy- I like that. I think it's genius. It's great. Yeah. I mean, it, it helps both. It helps both characters so much. And, it's, and it seems to be a natural fit for some reason. It's never been explored yeah. before, obviously, because Peter Parker's 30 years old in his book now, or whatever he is. But <laughs> plus, Kid, Kitty Pride's always been hot. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> I just said a comic book character's hot. <laughs> if Josh was here, he would just tear me apart. <laughs> But I, I had fun. I don't know. Did you like it? 
Yeah, no, I did like it. I mean, it, I mean, the thing is that I didn't think it was. I remember when you picked it, I said, "Oh, it wasn't that great," but you said, you know, it was I don't know, one of four books. <laughs> um, I didn't think I, I didn't think it was a strong start for Kirkman. No. I thought I thought it was um, somewhat ambitious to 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 try to tackle mini stories for every character, and you know that they're gonna in a Seinfeldian kind of way Connect. mix in right. by the third issue. They're all gonna get tied in together, but. Um, but with the X Men, you don't really, you can't focus on that one character. You've got to write them all, so I guess you know might as well. Um, but yeah, it did have that fun, you know, kind of X Men feel. I really did like the um, the Cyclops Jean Grey date. Yeah, that was cool. Um, they went, they go to the movies on a kind of a date, and Jean's kind of telepathically nudging Cyclops along to put his arm around her, then to kiss her, and finally she gets mad and yells at him, and and that that dialogue was really it's really got a really really sucked data telepath. Yeah, that's true. And yeah. girls are crazy enough as it is, but tele- telepathic yeah. girls—that's too much. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. But um, but I thought he he did that really well, and I'm excited for Kirk because you know, to be honestly, to be honest, I was happy when Vaughn was on the book, but you know, it it, it, it that Vaughn's run was nothing to write home about. I mean, it was it was good, but it wasn't amazing. I thought um, it was fun. It was that's yeah. really all. I mean, these are sort of these are sort of in the. It just night, it just didn't have it didn't have a lot of buzz to it. it didn't have a lot of energy to well, that's it. That's true. You know? But these are also so. their like you know, their side jobs. You know, the, right. the main energy is on their other their their books. Right. Yeah. True. But, I thought um, the storyline played well to Kirkman's Kirkman's talents, which is inter, sort of interpersonal yeah. relationships between characters. Yeah. Well, given given what I've read of Kirkman and in Invincible, and then and now recently in Marvel Team Up, um, I'm you know I'm excited to see how long this run goes, and hopefully it's going to be quality. So. Well, that's good. What'd you get? Yeah. Well, I didn't. I mean, I did not. I didn't have a huge week, but I had a bigger week than you. I got about ten books. Um, in addition to Ultimate X Men on the X Men tip, uh, um, they had the first issue of the miniseries X Men One Ninety Eight, which is exploring the the rest of the. They're really going to milk this thing all the way to the bank. They really are, but 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 the thing is that this is the story. I mean, that 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 the the whole decimation has been built up to this kind of story. Um, and it was it, how many it, books it was, are there currently in the market that are directly tied into this story? Well, all the X Men books. I mean, that's the, anything with the little decimation, little banner on it. But um, I I could I can't even estimate. I don't know. Eight. They've got you by the horns. There's probably more, but I'm not buying all. I'm not buying it. I only buy the books I buy. Oh, really? You're not buying? Well, this is a new one. No, I, I didn't buy. I don't buy. I mean, that's the thing with the you know. I know everybody. I know we've come out in the past couple of podcasts being really anti crossover, and, and I wouldn't say, even say this is a crossover. This is more like No Man's Land. Did you buy all the Batman books that had to do with No Man's Land? Or? Uh, probably. Oh yeah. Well, the thing is, I buy I, with with these kind of things. I buy the books I buy, and I try to figure it out. You know, between. but this miniseries, I, I'm curious because I'm fascinated by, and I think the real juice of the story is kind of the what happened to the different mutants around the world when when the event when the decimation event happened, and how the world is adapting to it. And you know, the X Men, the X Men are in this book, but not until like the last five pages. Um, it actually, it's, it pretty geniusly starts off with um, a little vignette showing Magma, who is one of the um, former um, New Mutants, and she's actually she's now a teacher for Xavier, but she's on vacation in um, Costa Rica, and she meets another mutant who happens to have the same powers as her, kind of flame powers, and they fall in love, and it turns out he's a volcano scientist guy because he can go into the volcano. Oh, that's and, clever. And the fire. Yeah, it's clever. And so he, so she's about to leave, and she's trying to convince him to come back to the school with him, with her to teach teach there. And he says, "No, I don't want to." He goes, "Why don't you come with me and see my job, and we can do it together?" And so there, great scene, 
awesome visuals of them like kind of surfing in a volcano on the lava mm-hmm. and then they're like you know then they're kind of touching and flame is starting and this whole kind of great you know kind of prose about you know the the lightning strike and flame strike of love and then all of a sudden you see him lose his powers and drop into the lava Ooh. and burn to death <laughs> and she yeah yeah totally i mean it's all like in the first four pages it's just like it's brutal who's the writer and um it is uh david hine who i'd never heard of um, and I'm sure I've probably read stuff of him before, but he seems to be a go-to guy across a lot of the Marvel books because he's also writing the Son of M miniseries, the one focusing on Quicksilver, hmm. which which also came out this week and was just boring because he went to the Inhumans and it was just stupid. <laughs> um, but yeah, but um, so yeah, so there was that. I also picked up um, DMZ by Brian Wood, the Vertigo book, which you know stopped the world. I bought a Vertigo book. <laughs> too bad Josh isn't here for that one too. Yeah, no, exactly, yeah. Um, of course, it would take Brian Wood to do it, which is, he wrote it, he didn't draw it, but it's a pretty good, it's a kind of a, there's a civil war in America, and New York is the battleground, and it's about this young press intern who gets stuck in Manhattan, and interesting, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and then nothing else really, you know, nothing else was really amazing. I mean, Ultimate Extin- Extinction started, and I am buying it, um, that miniseries. Right, Cause was I, it any good? I have to ask you because I didn't get it, and I'll explain. Yeah, no, it, it actually was good. It, 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 it's, it's. I mean, it's a build-up. It's a set. It's setting up the story, um, and it actually starts with you know um, Reed Richards and Nick Fury going over a simulation of what would happen when Galacticus attacks. Um, from the information that they got from the Ultimate Vision, wasn't it like Galactus? Like, yeah, it's G A H L A K T U S. I I wasn't gonna buy that miniseries, and then then I decided, all right, I'll give it a try. Because I really had nothing else to buy. How, how right. often do you, do you get a chance to branch out? So I went to my to a comic store this Wednesday, like normal, and I couldn't make it to my regular store. I can't remember why. Uh, just I couldn't. So I went to the place across the street from my office, which uh, people who've been to the website and heard some of the original podcasts can attest. I don't like that store. That's across the street from my <laughs> house, from my office. So. This store racks their books alphabetically. There's no section for the new books. It's the entire store is, is racked from A to Z. And it's like there's like 10, 10 racks, five or six aisles. Yeah, it's it's conf- they're long aisles. And it's it's everything is everything is there from years and years and years. So you th- you think alphabetically racked you'd be able to find anything except for the fact that all the Batman books are wrapped under B, all the X-Men books are under X, all the Superman books are under S, all the Spider-Man books are under S. So if you're looking... For, Regardless of their actual alphabetical title. So if title. you're looking for Robin, it's actually under B. If oh, you're geez, looking, my wife would go crazy. Yeah, so... She's a, she's, she's a librarian, for those of you who don't know, so she would she would go nuts. So uh, I'm at a loss where to find the ultimate extinction. So I go to the U's. It's not under U. I go, ultimate? I go to the, the E's. It's not under E. I went to Ultimate Fantastic Four. I went to Ultimate X Men. I went to all the alternate sections. There was no, it was nowhere to be found. Were they just out of it? I don't think they were just out of it. It was, it was, you know, Wednesday. They're never out of anything on Wednesday. Yeah, it's Manhattan. Yeah. And this has happened to me in the past with this store where you can't find anything and it's under some random letter. And I just, and it, it annoyed me to the point where I didn't even care to ask anymore. I'd, I'd lost the interest in buying the book after yeah. looking at the fourth or fifth see- letter. You see, it's almost. I mean, it's 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 like the comic store be- becomes, you know, like their own worst enemy. And you know what? You shouldn't. Your customers shouldn't have to search hard for your product. Right. Exactly. It you shouldn't know? be. Shouldn't it shouldn't to... be difficult to find it. Yeah. Especially is, something something I... like that. It's number one. It's an ultimate book. It's a number one. It's written by Warren Ellis. It's a big deal. It's a crossover yeah, it's book. Yeah, it's a big deal. It, you shouldn't have to mine for gold. You know. Yeah. 
So that was really annoying, and I lost all interest in buying the book after that. Well, you didn't. I mean, luckily you didn't miss you know the most amazing thing in the world. Although I do believe they introduced the Silver Surfer. Well, that, that would make sense he, in the Galactus story. But but he has wings, so I, I don't <sighs> know how that's going to play out. But, so we'll see. Um, Are you sure it was an angel? But, no, no, I'm positive it was an angel because he's silver. I mean, he's all was it archangel. He's all naked and silvery. All right. There's no archangel. It's angel and and ultimate right. well, X Men. He already. He already so that's exists. why I didn't get that. Yeah. I have one other annoyance this week. That was my minor annoyance. Although oh, okay. a minor annoyance that saved me three dollars. Um, <laughs> my other annoyance is in the DC universe now. There's the, this whole infinite crisis, identity crisis thing going on, it's taking over the entire universe, which is which right. is going to lead to the one year later gimmick where every book is going to fast forward in one year. Yep, called and, 52, I believe. Right? Well, 52 is the series that comes simultaneously, which fills in the gap between oh, Infinite I see, Crisis I see. and one one year later. 52 being the number of weeks between the two. Um, oh, is that how many weeks there are between? Yeah. <laughs> so um, the whole fun of it is what's going to happen in the year. Who's you know? If they're they're promising you know new heroes, different people in the costumes, different you know. People vastly changed from what's promised to be a very traumatic miniseries, Infant Crisis. Do we get to discuss the speculation slash spoilers? Well, here's here's my problem. It's supposed to okay. half the fun is what's going to happen. You know, we're right. going to buy these books to find out who what, how it's what's changed. Meanwhile, every other day there's somebody at Newsarama being interviewed, revealing everything. <laughs> well, hasn't hasn't Rich Johnson already revealed everything? Well, or? that's he whites it out. You don't have to. But the whole, I mean, they interviewed <laughs> Kirby Sick and Jeff Johns about Superman. They interviewed Kirby Sick about Aquaman, Gail Simone about the Birds of Prey. It's like, why have the gimmick at all if you're just going to go out and, and just re- reveal, you know, not everything, right. but enough where it's like, oh well, now I know that's going to happen. Right. Yeah. You, you're you're losing the surprise it, factor. It's almost like, at first yeah. I was I was kind of hesitant about it, and then I was. Then I decided I convinced myself I, I could be excited about because it was what you mentioned last week in in the future X Men story. Half the fun is seeing how the characters have changed in the future. Right. So right. I thought I'd look forward to that moment. And now, why why bother? I can just go over read the interviews on on, the, on well, their website. May I take this opportunity to play devil's advocate? Sure, go ahead. You didn't have to go to the site. Well, no. You don't have to read the article. You know, you know, like if you don't no, want to know. And I didn't. Can, and I didn't. I mean, read. I, 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 I believe that we have successfully. I know personally, we have successfully been able to do a media blackout around these sort of events, <laughs> i.e., the Star Wars movies, when both you and I ceased reading or looking at anything until the movie opened. And that's true. And, and I have stopped since reading one or two of those interviews and ruining right. a couple of the books. And I stopped. I didn't read burned. the Superman article. I didn't read the Birds of Prey article. Right. But. Right. My my question is from a marketing business standpoint. Why why do that? Right, and I understand and, you want to generate and, buzz for the books, and you want to yeah, I mean, it's a PR thing. You want you don't want people to know what they're looking. But if half the fun is the surprise of everything, then right, why? Yeah, no, I I agree. And also, I thought all right, once once okay, twice fine, but now it's like five or six interviews every. It's they're popping up once one a week. Right. Well, here, here's a question for you. In any of you, any of the spoilers or, or these PR things you've read, um, is there anything about Green Lantern getting any better? <laughs> Are there still sharks? Sadly, and no. Headed guys. That would no, be some, that'd be a welcome spoiler. Yeah, that'd be. You know, we're gonna make Green Lantern better. <laughs> so, it's gonna be readable. Yeah. Well, no, because. Actually, that would be a good one because that would actually convince me to pick it up because there's at this point nothing, right. nothing. I'm, the, I'm. By the way, I, I. Oh, this week, but this week on an on an aside, um, this week marks the first week that I've actually started dropping titles wow. in a long you time. You haven't done that in years. 
No, I dropped um, I dropped Green Arrow, uh-huh. which um, uh, a little upset me because I was I like the Ollie Queen. Right, I like them, um, but it's just been it's just been awful. I am I didn't drop, but I'm this close to dropping JLA. Ugh, and I'm sticking with it for the same reason why I've stuck with Uncanny and Uncanny X Men and stuff like that, because you know I've been reading this volume of JLA since Morrison started, right. and I feel as if that's like the main book of if you read any DC book, you probably should read JLA. It's been terrible. It's just been, and Bob Harris is writing it. It's just awful. My um, <sighs> and I dropped another. Oh, I, and I dropped Ghost Rider because it just makes no sense. Why did you? Why even get in the first place? Because I got a little soft spot for Ghost Rider. That's I like, I've always liked Ghost Rider. Trait. I yeah, would agree with you that um, JLA's been awful. Green Lantern has been. Yeah. I mean, Green Arrow has been. Like, not I don't so know good. if I can drop. I don't know if I can drop Green Lantern. I mean, like the thing is, is that Just like drop in. It. I know, I know. <laughs> but like in in the like honestly, the the gateway drug for me in the DC universe was Green Lantern. I started reading Green Lantern when Hal went crazy, and and Kyle became the new Green Lantern. That's what got me into DC. Right. And from there, I found the Flash, and then from there, I found JLA, and from there, I found you know the stuff that I do. I'm read. holding on tight to a lot of the books simply that are not up to par, simply because I'm waiting for the one year later thing to happen. But some of the books right. have been so awful that I've had to drop, like Green Lantern. That was just right. I couldn't. Just, I'm holding on the Green Arrow simply because of I'm waiting. Yeah. And I've always liked Green Arrow. Um, yeah. My problem with Green Arrow, I actually did have a problem with Green Arrow this week, is he's he's been fighting Doctor Light. Yeah. And we all know from. People who read comics know from the Identity Crisis that they turned Doctor Light into a really mean, evil character, rapist, uh, as despicable as you can get. My problem is every other line of dialogue is about him. Uh, he's going to rape somebody. Yeah, it's yeah. it's like no one needs to be constantly reminded that rape is bad. <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of a given, and it sort of loses its its danger if it's constantly said. Right, he's right. always saying, "Well, I got to go find the helpless woman." It's like you. Yeah, I'd, where's that suit, Dibney? I'd rape, rape her again. Right. It's, it's, like, it's much more <laughs> chilling if he drops it once instead of four right. times an issue. Right. It's right. just over overdoing it. He's not scary yeah. like that. It just becomes cartoonish. I mean, he was he was generally disturbing for a while. And now he's just a cartoonish rapist, which is yeah. you know, d- disturbing in and of itself, but <laughs> dumb. <laughs> can you believe there was a time when I never bought any DC books ever? Yes, I can. Like I was, I was staunchly against DC. Like in like middle school. Well, that's that's what they like fostered that. back then. Was you had to be yeah, one or the like, other. You couldn't you couldn't do both. Yeah, no. I mean, like I I honestly could not believe. I couldn't even I couldn't even fathom reading Batman or Superman or anything like that. And it, honestly, it took me reading like a Wizard about what was going on in Green Lantern and, and how I'm like, oh, that sounds pretty cool. So I picked it up. Well, that's that's and, that's pretty recent. If you're waiting until the Kyle Rayner years to start buying. Yeah, no, I mean it was like it was late '90s. That's yeah. And then I just dove right in. Well, aren't so. you a better person now for it? Yeah, no, I think I am. There have been some good stories. It's better to be well-rounded, so. isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> so speaking of well-rounded, uh-huh. um, we got some listener emails this week. Oh, that's good. What do we got? Um, if, you, you know, if you listen to the podcast and you enjoy the podcast and you want to interact with us, you can email us at contact at ifanboy.com. And we got a bunch of listener emails this week, but uh, we don't have time to do all of them. Um, so this week's uh, listener email that we picked comes from uh, Michael who um, has been very active on the site this week, so we wanted to thank Michael for that. Um, if you go to ifanboy.com, you can comment and... and join and, in. Uh, join in and participate with the other readers and the other people who like to talk about comics. And perhaps you will be rewarded just as Michael is being rewarded now. Yes, with this recognition on the podcast for hundreds of people to hear. Um, anyway, Michael sent a bunch of questions, and unfortunately, Michael, we can't get to them all, 
but um, we picked out the couple ones that we that we thought we could answer the best. So you know, he Michael wrote us just letting us that he enjoys the site and and, and has had a great time, uh, you know, commenting and reading what we write. Um, he wants to know. Um, speaking of Kirkman, if Kirkman were to work for DC, uh, what books do we think he'd be best utilized on? Hmm. Um, That's a, which was a, which I thought was a, t- a tough question. It, it, because it is tough. I mean, it's hard, it's hard to say who, who would be good at writing what. Right. I, I, the first thing that jumped to mind, though, is that, that I because mainly probably because of I, the, the most I've read of Kirkman was Invincible. But I'd like to see Kirkman on Teen Titans. Uh, he would be really good at Teen Titans. Yeah, I think he, he really would. he really writes a good teenager, not cl- not yeah. cliched, and not right. overly serious. Doesn't come off as a young. A lot of teenagers and kids in comics come off as just miniature adults. Right, uh, and that's because usually they're drawn that way. But right. he would be good. Also, Green Lantern, I think. You For think? Two reasons: one, uh, almost anybody would be better on Green Lantern right now. As much yeah. as I love Jeff Johns, I really do like it. his his writing. It's just terrible. But yeah, Invincible kind of has that Green Lanternish kind of feel to it. Yeah, cosmic cosmic adventures, heroes, aliens. Right. Um, personal stories. I think he'd be really good. Green Lantern. Teen Titans is a good call, though. I didn't think of that one. Yeah, well, um, you know, in reality, is if he ever went to work for DC, he'd probably take some challenging book like Doctor Fate <laughs> or something just like. Yeah, hey, I like Doctor you know. Fate. Uh, Doctor Fate is uh, weird. One of my favorite superpowers know. toys is Doctor Fate. <laughs> well, that's he's got a lot going for him then. <laughs> All right, um, he had uh, he had two questions that actually um, I was happy to see. Uh, first one is, uh, do we think that the formerly known as the Justice League and the I Can't Believe It's Not the Justice League series by Keith Giffen and J.M.D. Matias and Kevin McGuire, uh, do we believe those are in continuity? No. And um, he also wanted to know if we um, think the Superman slash Batman books fit in continuity time-wise. And I love talking continuity. Where, you mean so, where do they fit time-wise? Yeah, where do they fit? Where do they think they fit time-wise? So well, answer the first, first, first question. No. Um, the formerly known as and, and I Can't Believe It's Not the no. Justice League? No, they're not no. continuity. Why not? Well, that's they did. They don't. They don't have elseworlds. Elseworlds on the title. Yes, but the, the conceit with Justice League has always been that it's not really in continuity. Now, w- well, let's define what you mean by incontinuity. Like it's happening right now, or that it can fit somewhere within the continuity of the character's history. Both. Okay, because I don't. I definitely don't think it fits in continuity now because obviously Sue Dibney, not. Yes, the whole Sue did Sue Dibney problem and Dan DeDito trying to erase. Um, Everything Keith Giffen's ever done on DC. <laughs> well, that's just a rumor. <laughs> I know, but um, but I think I I could po- I could believe that they fit somewhere. Look, in you can you can you can shoehorn anything, and if you try hard enough, but yeah, yeah, I mean it could ha- it happens between these two issues. All through the the run that Keith Giffen did of Justice League in the eighties, he basically had all these heroes living in in this you know building in Manhattan, right? Twenty four seven. So you know you can't. How are they in their own book? You can't. I mean. Yeah. Yes, officially they're in continuity. They're not Elseworlds books, and you'd have crossovers with the old ones, like Millennium and things like that would crossover, things that were happening in right. other books. But in reality, I mean, if you read the books, they live together. Right. That's just not, doesn't work, story-wise. So in my head, I guess in my head everything's in continuity, to be honest with you, but, <laughs> but you know, reality, story-wise, they, they really can't be, but I guess since they're not completely Elseworlds, right. I would say right. no. I say also yes. because the tone is so different. The characterization is just slightly different. So, so what? I mean that, that. I mean that. That's that's more of a writer thing than a characterization thing. Not not every writer is emulating what the other writer wrote. The how they wrote the character, you know. Right, but the, like Batman is not the same Batman in, in Justice League books as he was in his regular. He's books, not. No. 
Well, I didn't read that. I didn't read that entire run, he's and little, he wasn't in these know, two minis. A little more lighthearted. Oh, well, I thought he was pretty badass well, in the one, the one I read. Yeah, I mean, he punched God in the face. He told him to sit down. He was very quiet. He was. I don't know. Oh, I love that book. That book. Is, I honestly, I mean, and it was funny because I, you know, I, I, I picked up formerly known as um, in trade. The thing about that is those 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 new ones he's done are nowhere near as good as the old ones. Yeah, well, well, so so I picked it up based on Connor's recommendation, and then I was looking for the old Justice League trade paperback, and it was really it's not in print anymore. It's really hard to find. And then oddly enough, when we were in Boston for Josh's randomly wedding, found the uh, new, Newberry Comics we in Newberry Comics, I turned around and it was right there, kind of like the guy, like, ah, you know, like like it's here. I bought it, and and so um, and actually, if you go to our Frapper map, and the picture of me is me reading that book in the hotel room. Yeah. So, with the hole in my sock, <laughs> which is now becoming legendary. So, anyway. No, that's, um, that's, that's, one, of, that's one of the all-time great books. But, yeah, uh, it yes, yes, it's in continuity, but no, <laughs> no, it's not in continuity. That's my answer. Yeah. Um, all right, so now, uh, where, do we th- where do we think Superman Batman fits in continuity? Same problem. I will, for, I will first say that I have no idea because I don't read Superman or Batman. But That one's not as tricky because it's not like Superman and Batman are constantly hanging out together. It's just that they meet up and then they have an adventure. Although I would like to note that it is referenced many times in the Captain Adam series, so obviously it is no, a continuity. It totally is. This book yeah. is not the problem that Justice League, formerly known as Justice League, has. It's right. It's the stories are more tied in. The first arc was about Luther's Luther president. Was the president. Yeah. Um, so and in fact, it affected continuity because yes. it yeah when they went yeah. into the White House. It's those books definitely in continuity. Where do they fit? You know, they fit in between in between the raindrops. You know, they're they're yeah. in their middle. Oh, nice. I like that. That's a good term. That's a good way to put it. All right. Um, here's some more questions. A um, couple more. Um, he hears us talk about Why the Last Man a lot, which he's read, and we encourage you all to, else to read. Um, but he wants to know if we've read Fables and if we like it. I have not. Uh, F- Fables is a Vertigo book, I believe, right, out of DC? Yes. I have not. I have not um, read it I, I've seen it, and in fact, a girl I work with um, reads it and loves it. So that's all i got to say about that. I've always um, been curious about it, but, you know, I've yeah. been curious yeah. about a lot of books. <laughs> I was only so much time, time, so much time in the day and dollars in my wallet. So, well, I pretty much have a staunch no vertigo, vertigo policy. So except for the vertigo book kinda, you bought today, except for the vertigo book I bought today. Should we discuss how irrational your your no vertigo policy is, or wait till Josh gets back so he can really tear into you? Yeah, let's let's tease it for another okay. podcast. We'll talk about my vertigo thing. So, I mean, even though I do like the cure, but I don't like vertigo. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, so the <laughs> the last question is: He wants to know what our favorite Elseworld Elseworlds books are, and what our favorite what if stories are. Well, Elseworlds, you want to go through the big ones. You've got you know Kingdom Come and Doctor Returns. Well, put those aside because that's sort of a yeah, given. those are just givens. Yeah. If you if you're not if you haven't read those, then why are you listening to this podcast? Stop listening and go buy them. Elseworlds. The funny thing about Elseworlds is it sort of turned into like a super a Batman conceit because you know everybody wants Batman in a different scenario. Everybody seems to want to write a Batman story. Somebody well, somebody once said that every writer has one Batman story in them. But yeah. um, I think that was Rucka, probably. Yeah. But one of my favorite all time. I'm actually looking at it right now on my shelf. Is um, I've lost it. It's the Batman one where he's back in. It's what if basically it's what if it's 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 a world where the uh, U.S. didn't win the Revolutionary War and England, oh, England stayed in control. Yeah, and it was uh, written by Alan Grant and drawn by Norm Brayfogle, and I can't find it anymore. Norm Brayfogle is one of your all-time favorite artists. All-time, he is my all-time favorite Batman artist. Un- uh, and he probably has no idea. Well, now he knows. <laughs> Norm, if you're listening, Connor loves you. I do love him. 
I yeah. wish I, if I was in charge, I'd give him a Batman book right now. But uh, it was called like. Shoot, somebody can write it and tell us what it was called, or I can look it up after the podcast. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> uh, it was really great. It features a whole bunch of the DC characters. Um, Superman, Flash, Aquaman, they're all in there. And uh, yep. it was really, really just, you know, good read. That was probably my favorite all-time non-big gun Elseworlds book. Yeah. Mine was um, probably, and it's more recent, I don't read as many Elseworlds as you do because I'm not a DC guy, but I did pick up the, I was flying to New Orleans actually before all the unpleasantness there. Right. Um, and whenever I take a plane uh, plane trip, I go pick up a trade paperback. Batman Holy Grail. Okay, thank you. Batman Holy Grail. And it's not Alan Grant. But anyway, sorry. I just found it. Who was it? Who was uh, it? <laughs> it's Brennett. Don't mind me. Uh, I'm just doing my part. <laughs> looking through my stack and I found it. Brent, Brennert. Some guy I've never heard of, but he was good and Bray yeah. Fogel did the art and that was really good. I'd lend yeah. this to you. Can't go wrong with Bray Fogel. You, you should read right. this. Go ahead. Anyway, um, so my my favorite Elseworlds recently probably is is the Superman Red Star. That was really good. Was, yeah, which is what if Superman was raised in Russia as opposed to Kansas, which what was if. a great read. Yeah, well, what if. Well, speaking of what if, you want to know what our favorite what if story is? You go first are. since it's a Marvel thing. Well, yeah, it's tough. I mean, I, I have a hard time pinning it down to one. I My background what if is I love... We should say what if we, is probably one. We love what if. What if was one of the best things about Marvel. Yeah, it was. Ever, honestly, ever, and like they they had one series. Not the from new 19... ones. The, the well, yeah, classic well, ones. Well, they had the first series ran from 1977 to 1984. I haven't read as much from that that series, right? But I'm, we were, but we I'm were... looking at a list of all the issues from that, and it looks just as good. Um, then they did a second series from 89 to 98, which really is a misnomer because halfway through that series it starts sucking. Right. Um, and then it went away, and then they just recently started doing those events, which really last year's event was pretty good. Like, what if Karen Page had lived? That was those um, were good, yes. And what, yeah, what if Professor X and the Ma- Magneto formed the X Men together? Or what if Aunt May died instead of Uncle Ben? But this year's one was awful. Yeah, it was. It felt it yeah. felt like a betrayal. But back to the original question, my favorite what if stories were probably the ones from the second volume, for, yes. uh, in and around the 1989, 1990, 1991, um, and part of the reason was is that. Back then, I was rabid for comics, and I bought back issues. And my comic book store at the time happened had a fifty cent bin, and it was filled with what ifs. And so I one day I I binged on what ifs, and I got um, what if the X Men lost Inferno, uh, what if um, uh, what if the Punisher's family hadn't been killed, uh, what if the X Men stayed in Asgard. 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 What if Professor X had become the Juggernaut? Uh, wow. What you know, like what if um, what is it? What if Daredevil killed Kingpin? Like these great stories that were just awesome. I think we talked about so. this in another podcast, didn't we? What ifs? Uh, p- probably. Uh, that was the great thing about the old ish- old the original what ifs was that there was always a tweak to the original story. Yep. It was always a different. Uh, you know, someone makes a different decision, or, or events play out differently. Not like the new series, where they just let's put, let's stick Wolverine in Chicago. Yeah. The new series are almost more like Elseworlds than, than What Ifs. But yeah. my favorite, I remember, I only remember a few of them. But my favorite, off the top of my head, was What If Captain America had become president. Yeah, that was that was the first series. Series, I think that wasn't the second um, series. That was that was that's probably my all-time favorite What If. Captain America was my favorite Marvel character, yeah. but. One one of my favorite ones was actually um, what if the all new all different X Men had never existed and that oddly enough was written by Kurt Busiek before he had any sort oh, of fame. Wow. Yeah, I also remember so. what if um, Spider Man had stopped the burglar. Yes, yeah, that's that was a good, good one. one too. And um, wasn't there what if the X Men had something with the Revolutionary War, lost the Revolutionary War or something like that? 
Oh yeah, they, they did all. They basically, what's cool is that they 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 used it to look at their crossovers. Like, what if what if the um what if the Marvel superheroes lost the Atlantis attacks? Right. That one. That, I think that's what you're Probably. talking about. Yeah. Um, the two I remember and, the most are the Captain America Spider Man ones, but I remember you know loving all of them. I just off the top of my head. Yeah. Probably a Hulk one in there, but still, those are those are great, great. series. Yeah, great series, and I mean, and, and last year was cool, but this year was not so. Ugh, this year was. Um, it's like ooh, seeing an wow, ex-girlfriend. Looking, I'm, I'm looking at a list of the former issues, and I see a whole bunch written by Ben Robb, Oof. who is a writer I hate because <laughs> he ruined Excalibur. <laughs> anyway, all right, I don't want to get hung up on Ben Robb. We could be here all um, night. Yeah, I could be here all night talking about Ben Robb. Um, anyway. So yeah, so those are Michael's questions. So if you had, a, if you have any questions uh, for us, any comments you want to you want to tell us we're terrible, Oops. anything yeah, tell us we're bad, tell us we're good, you know, t- um, tell us we're pretty. Write it, yeah, write us at contact at ifanboy dot com. Oh, you don't want to be called pretty? Ah, okay, let's not get weird. <laughs> All right, so um, so that that wraps up another podcast. We survived without uh, Josh. We did. We were able to make it without Josh. I think we did a pretty good job. I hope so. Uh, um, so you can uh, visit us at uh, ifanboy.com, where you can read the uh, latest uh, comics news and commentary. We had a lot of really good you. discussion this week about all Yeah, the past of couple topics. weeks have been great, yeah. Um, and you can actually, um, if you do come to the site, please visit our Frapper map, um, which there's a link in the upper right-hand corner on the site, or you can go to www.frapper.com slash ifanboy. And stick a little pushpin in. Tell us where you're from. Well, we've had a lot of great response to that. We've got about 16 people on our map. We're international. Um, we're international. We got we got some representing from the UK as well as Puerto Rico. Um, and we've pretty much drawn a line in the sand in the United States. Yeah, we own the Mississippi <laughs> River region. Up yeah, basically down. anything from the Mississippi East is I fanboy territory or LA. So if you happen to be in Montana, we'd love and you to like us. In Seattle. Or, yeah, exactly. Or Texas would be nice. Yeah, Colorado, Nebraska, anywhere, anywhere. Yeah, you know, west of the Mississippi River would be cool. Yeah, exactly, because yeah, because we've got that whole Chicago to Florida line drawn. So <laughs> it's, a, it's but, almost um, a straight thank line. You. Yeah, it's very odd. But um, so thank you everybody who's who's uh, put a pushpin in there, and we hope we'll add some more over the next couple of days and weeks. Um, so yeah, and like we said, you know, ifanboy.com, contact at ifanboy.com to email us. Uh, frapper.com slash ifanboy. See you next week. I'm almost completely done with the show. Hey. I don't want this to become become between us. (laughs) This is the kind of thing that can drive a wedge. I can barely stand it now. Hey. I don't want to hear that talk out of you.